Welcome to Emergency Medicine Remix. Special update, COVID-19. Straight from the slums of Shaolin, Wuhan, ATL, Philadelphia, NYC, stand up. We bring to you the special report. First and foremost, you know the spill. Let's get into the guidelines. No one has the answers, but we're gonna try to get you some of them. Basically, the opinions expressed in this podcast, video blog, video cast, social media platform, or wherever you're getting your plug are those of our own. They do not represent the opinions of Emory University, Emory Health, the University of Pennsylvania, or even all the people sitting at the table right now. This is no substitution for health advice or simply seeing your medical practitioner, physician, counselor, or just good common sense. Throwback to uh, Chitty's last episode. That being said and done, we're here to break bread, to chop it up, and hopefully help flatten the curve. Let's get it. Can I start it off? Start it off. Yeah, man, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting to talk to the people, so let me, let me get this <laughs> off my chest. Get out of your chest, man. Get it off. Get it off. <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the grandson of a preacher, so if I'm talking too long, you know, just put <laughs> up the sign. So, I think, um, you know, we have to talk about what we all should be doing right now, right? And so. I'm not going to talk about anything that's groundbreaking or anything that you haven't heard before, you know, unless you've been living under a rock. Well, I guess we all should be living under a rock technically right now. Um, but, you know, what should we be doing, right? And so, but the first thing is, why is it important? Why is it important that we have these things in place? Um, and it's really simple, life and death. Um, life and death, do you want to live or do you want to die? Do you want your family to live or do you want your family to die? Do you want your friends to live or do you want your friends to die? Do you want friends or family members of those friends to live or do you want them to die? And I think that's when we break it, break it down to that, that way, it becomes very simple. So we're gonna keep this going to keep it organic. Do you want to live or die? And, and, and let's just say this, this is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. A lot of stuff falls to the base of that pyramid when you, when you know, resources are strained, when everybody's fighting for water, food, shelter, safety, it becomes life or death. And that's what you're saying. I mean, you, you know, we, we laugh at this saying straight from the slums of Shaolin, but in slum living where, where people are herded together, it becomes a life or death situation. And we're going to kind of bridge on what you just said about that, that do you want to live? Do you want to die? Do you want your yeah. grandma or your auntie to live? Or do you want your auntie to die? So, uh, yeah. yeah, so pick it up, man. Pick up, pick up. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Because, you know, I'm seeing, you know, all these folks, you know, who have no background in statistics or epidemiology um, or public health or science, try to crunch the numbers and talk about mortality rates or case fatality rates. And we just need to stop it, guys. Just stop it, wipe the numbers away, and just think about that this virus is killing people and it's killing people at a very high clip. Um, before we thought that this disease or this virus was gonna just attack and kill elderly people from the information that we were getting. Um, but we know now that that's not the case. So yes, it is making elderly people sick, um, but also it is killing healthy 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds. And so this is a very lethal um, and daily disease. Secondly, 
it's infectious. It spreads very easily. People have to think about the common cold. How many people do you know that get the common cold year in, year out, all the time, right? Um, a common cold is caused by a virus, and it's, it's, it's because it's spread from person to person. We have that spread from person to person. COVID-19 coronavirus spreads from person to person. And so if we eliminate the person aspect, um, then we're going to reduce the spread and you can prevent yourself from getting the disease. And so that's where we get social distancing, right? And so when it comes to social distancing, it's important for us to stay away from as many people as we possibly can. And that means staying in the house, staying where you live um, with your immediate family. You know, if you don't have an essential job, you need to be staying in the house as much as you can. Now, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. You can't take your extended family and invite your extended family over. Um, a lot of people are having their friends come over. We're having quarantine parties. Um, it just that doesn't work that way. Um, when you're inviting more and more people over, that's when you increase the, increase the chances of you having the spread. We've already seen cases where small towns are having outbreaks. We're having one funeral or one choir practice and people get together and all of a sudden all the rates go up and the infection spreads and all of a sudden there's an outbreak in that town. And so I think one way to think about it is to think about you know the zombie movies, right? The zombie TV shows. Whenever, whenever the disease happens, it turns somebody, to, somebody gets infected, they turn right. into a zombie, right? And we know to stay away from that zombie, we know to kill that zombie, we run away. But what about the person that gets bit by the zombie, right? We know that person in an hour or two hours. That person is. I got a zombie thing. Exactly. But I got this guy. You can't just throw zombies lightly out there. I've got my wife will step on this and just take over this whole podcast. I got a real big zombie thing. So you got to explain that, man. You got you got to make that plain. If you get bit or if you get sick, what happens from there? That that's 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 the same. Yeah. So if you get bit. We know that in an hour, two hours, three hours, you are going to turn into a zombie and then you are going to be infectious and be able to kill people. And so what do they do? When that person gets bit, they either kill that person or they chop off their arm, they chop off their leg and they get away from it. In this case, we cannot see who's been bitten. You cannot see who's been bitten by coronavirus. So when you invite those friends over, you've just invited somebody that might've been bitten an hour ago, two hours ago, and they're in your home spreading that disease and getting everybody sick. Well, can I go to the grocery store? Cause I need my stuff, okay? I need my food, I need my chips, I need everything. Can I go to the grocery store? I'm gonna have yeah. my mask on, I'm gonna have my gloves on, I'm gonna have everything, is that okay? No. Yeah, so first of all, so I mean, we know people have, to, people have to eat, right? Like eating is essential for our survival and we, don't, we have to go to the store, but there's ways to be safe with that. So. You can't, you know, back before this started, I was going to the grocery store three, four or five times a week, just jumping in there, getting little ins and outs and ins. Um, but now you have to limit yourself, you know, one time a week, one time every couple of weeks. If you have the option, they have delivery. You can do your Instacart. Some places are doing curbside um, where you can just pull up, you do your order line, you pull up, they're bringing the groceries out. If you have to go inside, well, some people do have to go inside, you just have to be safe about it and limit it you brought up the glove. The gloves are a good point. Gloves in theory, it makes sense that, you know, the gloves should be able to protect you, but here's the reason why it will not protect you, right? There's no training. When I go into the hospital, I wear gloves. So I wash my hands, I put my gloves on, I go in the patient's room, I then touch the patient, examine the patient with my glove hands. Afterwards, I take those gloves off, I wash my hands, the disease is not spread. 
when you wear your gloves into the grocery store, you put your gloves on, you go and you touch all the products, you touch all the handles, you touch all the glass, and then now you have virus on your hands, then you go and you touch your phone, you touch your shirt, you touch your chin, um, you touch your credit card, you touch your wallet, and all of a sudden now that virus has spread everywhere in your life and you have no way to track it with your clean gloves. So that's the reason why gloves really are not a very good idea um, when you're going out into the stores. Don't wear the gloves, people, because I've been mm -hmm. seeing people in a grocery store <clears throat> gloves opening potato chips and eating oh, yeah. with the gloves on. You gloves don't, make, no training. gloves don't make your hands clean, okay? Just because you have a glove on doesn't make your hands clean. In fact, you're probably picking up more things with the gloves because now you're not aware of what you're doing. So the biggest thing here is going to be good hand washing. We, yeah. Everybody has kind of hammered that in a million and one times. Take the gloves off. They're not doing anything for you. The masks are good. Is there anything else that we can say about masks? Everyone's wearing them. I think it's a good thing, right? Okay, yeah. so, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, transition this just because it is uh, also necessary that we you know, kind of still keep this uh, tied to the culture. And basically what it is is protecting yourself, right? That's what you guys are talking about. You're talking about barrier protection, you know, whether it be sanitizing or wearing masks and the CDC's recommended it, you know, there are uh, hospitals that are mandating that we now wear our, you know, stuff in between. So let, let's talk about what that means to wear stuff in between. But then we do that, we're going to transition to a little bit of woo in the process with uh, protect your neck. And then we're going to get back and talk about what it means actually to do that. Okay. All right. We in for the music. We're going. Yeah, I'm thinking we're about to go. All right. Okay. So I just wanted to throw that in. That's a musical yeah, note right there. All yeah, right. So I think you know there was confusion in terms of the mask. You know, first they're saying no mask, and then yes mask. And so in general, I think it is a good idea um, for if you're going into public to wear a mask or to cover up your face with a cloth mask or a bandana, what have you. But for for reasons that people don't think. Right, so it's not that it's going to necessarily prevent you individually from getting there, protect you. So in the hospital, when somebody comes in with a fever or a cough, the first thing we do is we put a mask on them, right? And when they come in, I am geared up to the T. I got on gown, I got on a hood, I got on mask to protect myself. But the number one thing that's gonna protect me is that patient having a mask on their face because when they cough, instead of all those virus droplets and particles going all over the room and all over me, most of it's gonna get caught by their mask. So the same concept out in public, when people are walking around, if they know they're sick or they don't know they're sick, because some people have coronavirus and they don't know called asymptomatic carriers, if they're coughing or if they're touching their face, things like that, that mask is gonna catch a lot of the virus particles and then thus prevent the spread. And so yes, we should be wearing them, but it's, not, it's more so to protect the, the collective and not yourself individually. So I'm going to summarize this. I think it's important. Um, I think now the CDC is saying that you could basically use anything as a mask. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I have been seeing people. Oh, also, you need to be safe about these masks. I saw somebody with a plastic bag over his face, <laughs> an old man. Like, you're. Yeah. what are we doing right now? I've seen people using their braids <laughs> as masks. A gym shoe. A gym shoe as a mask. Like, okay. No. Wait, stop. Time out. For real, a gym shoe? Yeah, there's, there's a photo online about that. Oh, my God. So be ser be serious, okay? Use a scarf. Yeah. You know, some people have, like, large headbands. You can use that. Just be 
careful that your nose and your mouth are covered. But, I've been uh, seeing people just covering their noses, just yeah. covering their mouths. No, nose and mouth have to be covered. And just use something that's breathable so you don't end up suffocating yourself and then you die anyway. I just want to make a point to if you're going to wear a mask in public, you just remember this is not replacing anything else. It doesn't mean you're invincible now and you can go out about and right. do things, right? You still have to social distance yourself. Still make sure your hygiene is fine. You're washing your hands, right? Um, you can't just wear a mask and just, hey, let me just go out and do different things. And, and kind of going back to the zombie stuff, I, I think one of the major, like, John, I'm with you. I love zombie stuff, right? So, but the things that, Oh, the true enemy of in zombie movies is not the zombie. It's it's right. ourselves, right? It's ourselves. Right. So that's that's it. the whole. That's the whole point of this. We have this enemy, which is coronavirus. But truly, we have to watch out for ourselves, right? So you have to be careful that you're not coughing on someone. You're not exposing other people. You're not exposing yourself to things. And it's not being selfish. You're not trying to expose yourself so you don't expose other people, right? So it's a collective thing. We're looking out for each other and we're looking out for ourselves. And I'm gonna go out. Yeah, that's I'm gonna go ahead. beautiful. I'm gonna go ahead and say it too, because we're talking about staying safe. Now, all the recommendations are not necessarily, you know, culturally appropriate. Like when we're talking about telling people to wear bandanas and scarves in their faces, like I'm just gonna be honest, like me as a black man wearing a bandana or a scarf on my face, walking into a store, like coronavirus, that's not what's gonna kill me at that point. Like I'm at that point, I'm afraid of somebody calling 911, thinking I'm gonna rob them and the police going up and killing me. I'm my, with you, to man. My, to my yeah. brothers out there, do not wear the bandana over your face going into stores. I'm telling you, man, this is, it's the same thing with me. But if I do, I'm going to end up being quarantined in Cuba. So I'm with you. I can't, I can't be wearing this stuff, you know? Yeah, so so I'm with you. Be careful. Don't be putting on a red mask and <laughs> yeah. blue mask when you're in the yeah. crypt blood territory. Yeah, that's be, another... We got to be, gotta be smart about it. Be smart. Actually, I actually got a little, little, little rhyme I wrote about this, but I, I'm going I'm to use that for the promo segment of... Uh, Waving your flag <laughs> because uh, actually uh, wearing the wrong colors of the wrong set can be more deadly than COVID. That's another conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, these are culturally that that is a that's an extremely valid point. So in keeping with the theme of the woo, we're gonna toss this up. Killer bees on a swarm. So we're gonna make an acronym or a acrostic or remember those kind of poems you used to make with your mom. M is for whatever. Oh, it's first, so we're gonna do that with the woo. So W, wash your hands. U, use mask properly. T, touch nothing. A, avoid large crowds, AKA social distancing. N, never touch your face with unclean hands. Uh, one of the other episodes, you know, you see uh, me kind of touching my face a lot, but I'm trying to get the Perel to, you know, kind of balance that out. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. Uh, and then, you know, I just want to put a note in there too. Even if you have gloves on, it doesn't protect you. Don't touch your face with gloves on as well too, because that honestly is extension of your fingers, right? So don't touch your face, even if you have gloves on. Absolutely. And then lastly, the G for Wu-Tang, once again, Wu-Tang, Killer Bees on the Swarm, uh, finishing out. Go to the hospital if you have severe symptoms. And I'm going to put an asterisk by that. Go to the hospital if you're sick, period. Let's not get tunnel vision in this. There's some of us who, uh, Act like this is the only disease that affects man. I'm not going to go too far down the line. That's for another segment, but I will uh, throw this out there. If you're having stroke-like symptoms, go to the hospital. Please. If you have a severe chest pain, go to the hospital. If you have a fever and a cough and you think it's COVID, okay, we get it. If you're immunocompromised or you're old or you know that you're sickly in general and you're not feeling well, there are other things that we need to uh, remember can hurt us also. So let's not lose track of what health means. It's not just whether I have COVID or not. 
The absence of COVID does not equate to health, period. I'll say it again. The absence of COVID does not equate to health. Health is a much more dynamic, much more multifactorial thing. And that's what this podcast is about. We're, we're actually the new Harriet Tubman. This is the new Underground Railroad. Yeah, we're broadcasting underground waves. We're kind of going against all of the uh, sound bites that will make you believe that disease and health are solely one thing. It's far more complex. It's far greater conversation than just one simple podcast. So anyway, let's move on. That, that goes for us as uh, physicians as well. All four of us are ER doctors. Um, when patients are coming into the hospitals, like there are other things other than coronavirus. I've been finding a lot of myself sometimes and some of my colleagues, you know, the person doesn't have a cough or a fever or, or a chill, you're like, go home. And then you, you know, you're missing like the chest pain, you're missing the subtleties that, you know, we have to see every single day. So physicians, doctors out there, <clears throat> people are still having heart attacks. People still have pneumonia that's not coronavirus. People are still having strokes. People are still coming in wanting STD checks and you shouldn't just boot them out the door. You should move quickly, but don't boot them out the door because life is still going on even though there is coronavirus. And like John was saying, go to the hospital if you're having severe symptoms. If you're not having severe symptoms, if you're able to kind of write it out, stay home. But once you get to the ER, I wanna just let people know what we're seeing and how the experience is once you get to the ER. So pretty much once you hit the ER doors, you're by yourself. Your family can't come in. Um, the nurses and doctors will be coming in, but you know, if we suspect that you have coronavirus, we're gonna be limiting our interactions. We're gonna be masked. You're probably just gonna see our eyes for most of the time. Um, so I think the experience with coronavirus is a very lonely experience, but once you come in, that's, that's kind of how it goes. If you're very mild and we determine that you're someone who could go home, we'll probably do very minimal testing, maybe swab you to send out a coronavirus test and do a chest x-ray at the very least and then send you home to self-quarantine. If you are severe, that means you're short of breath, your oxygen numbers are very low, a lot of times we will end up putting you on a breathing machine very, very quickly because what we've been finding is that people are coming in very sick and they're going down very, very quickly. So we will be putting these people on breathing machines. We'll give them oxygen, see if they can kind of do well with just oxygen. But if you're not doing well, we're gonna put you on a breathing machine. So this is how things progress really quickly. And this is what you should expect if you're coming to the ER. If you're very sick, things are gonna rapidly escalate. If you're very well or you're well appearing, you're most likely going to go home to continue self-quarantining and so that we can send the corona test back out and that will be coming back like in the next three, four days. I think that's the, the, the timing now. And, and I think one of the points I wanna to say too is if you're not having severe symptoms, what the reason why we're so not, you know, honestly, I always tell patients, you can come to the ER for anything because at the end of the day, my job is to educate you, right? To make sure that your care is in the, in the right hands, right? But in this situation, we're the reason why we're saying if your symptoms are not severe, try your best not to come because you can pick up this bug just by being in the hospital, right? If you don't have coronavirus, you never had it, you're coming to the ER now where there's honestly for us, and I know I can say for my hospital and the hospital that John and I, uh, John and Chris and I work at, we're having more respiratory complaints than we're having not respiratory complaints. A lot more risk for having people with coronavirus. There's a huge amount of virus that's going to be around now, and you're exposing yourself if you never had it. But if you do have the coronavirus and you have very mild symptoms, you're also gonna be around very super sick people who are coming with chest pain or stroke symptoms who don't have any signs or concerns for coronavirus, but now they're being exposed to now. 
Um, the whole thing is, again, we were saying from the beginning, when it comes to protecting yourself and others, it's all about, we're all in this together, right? We all have to work together. And that's why I'm going to rep this shirt right here that I'm putting everybody versus COVID-19, right? We're all in this together. We're all fighting this together. Um, and we're not only just protecting ourselves, but the people around us, whether it's in our homes, in society, or in the, ho in the hospital. Yeah, I think that's, uh, John, you brought up an important point because, you know, we've had some shifts now where, you know, we're starting to see volume down and we're like, you know, we're thinking like, where are, you know, the people, you know, <laughs> having the, the, the heart attacks and things like that. And I do think it's important, number one, that people know, because we already see a population where people tend to wait too late to come to the ER. You know, they've been having stroke symptoms for five days. They come in five days later when our chance of helping them is a lot slimmer now or having chest pain for a week, two weeks, or they're letting some mass grow for weeks and months. So people already wait too late. So not right now, right now we want to tell people, like if you're having significant symptoms, if you're having things that you think might harm you or emergent or urgent, please come. But it's also a point where we can also tell people, especially the younger people, that if you do not need to be in the ER, do not come. Like Jawad said, you can get sick by being in the hospital. So if you're coming because you wanna know if you're pregnant, no, go and buy a pregnancy test. Like if you're just coming for something very simple that does not require the ER and you're just coming because it's convenient, this is not the time for convenience in the ER. The ER now is for if you are concerned, generally, genuinely concerned about what's going on with your body. So and then when this is all over, you can come back. Come on, come back. It's come not like back. we don't want you there. Like, like, I do like talking to you. I'll tell you about STDs, sis. I'll let you know. But this is not the time right now. We're very serious about that. But it's not like we don't want you to come to the ER. But just be very responsible and use your common sense during this time. It sounded like we didn't want them to come. It's like, no, no, no. we want to see you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't well, want them well, to come. Well, but, now, now you got, but I'll talk to now you. Now you got me amped. I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of clan in the front. Because that's where we are. We're the front line. Clan in the front. Sorry. Long story made sure. Yeah, we want you to come, but for the right reasons. Can we, can we put a, can we put this a qualifier on that? Come for the right reasons. Yeah. The, the fact that we're not seeing people in the emergency department now is because we realize episode one, we see a lot of people based on fear, ignorance, and convenience. Right now, we got fear driving. That's not gone, but some fear is appropriate. Fear is what helps us to survive, right? I ain't going down there, man. I might get shot. That's what keeps us alive. Mm -hmm. But it has to be metered. It has to be kind of appropriate. It has to be, you can't be afraid of everything. At the same time, fear does guide our survival mechanism as a individual and survival of the species too. So we're just telling use your fear properly. And, and that can only be done with open, honest communication. We got to be transparent about what we're afraid of and why we're afraid of it, which is a nice segue to the clan in the front, our personal experiences. Let's talk about what are our personal fears? You know, um, there are some things that we are uh, experiencing, all four of us at this table, very differently. Although we are supposedly the same profession, how it affects us is very, very multidimensional. So guys, jump on it. How is this affecting each and every one of you? Oh, it's like that. You guys are you were just texting me this, this morning. Okay. Jump on, jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I think it's